Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, so good day. Good evening to my listeners. Whenever you're listening, except Andrew Cuomo up in New York, who I'll show you a picture of in a minute. Without a mask in New York. You know Andrew Cuomo, right? Radical leftist governor of New York. You don't wear a mask. He'll probably throw you in jail. And at one of his leftist gulags that they're, that they're probably putting together right now up in New York. Yeah, yeah, he'd... Uh, he, he, he'd he don't wear a mask either. Kind of kind of weird how that happens, right? I've got that. I've got Joe Biden cold busted lying again, which isn't really a news story. And I've got a great story about polls being suppressed magically after the RNC, Republican National Convention, where the polls show a huge bounce for President Trump. But they don't show it because you're not really hearing about him. Don't worry. We have him here. That a lot more, including a Spygate Mike Flynn update. Today's show brought to you by Express VPN. Secure your online activity today from prying eyeballs. Get a VPN. Don't wait. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Take two. Producer Joe, <laughs> how are you today? Uh, I'm, life is going along swimmingly, Daniel. It was, yes, right? Everything yes. was going great. I had this great intro for version one of the show, which lasted a minute and seven seconds. And I stumbled over this thing so completely. I said, we got to scrap that and start <laughs> right over. All right, don't miss I also got an update on, on the mob. Um, what the protest? No, no, no. They're not pro. They're the mob. They're not protesters. You right. can take that stuff elsewhere. Yeah. This is reality. All right. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Policy Genius. Hey, September is National Life Insurance Awareness Month. You know that. But with everything going on right now, a lot of people aren't even aware if it's possible to buy life insurance at all. Well, the good news is it is. It's easy to shop for life insurance right now. If you have loved ones depending on your income, you probably should. Right now, you could save fifteen hundred dollars or more. A year by using Policy Genius to compare life insurance policies. When you're shopping for a policy that could last for a decade or more, those savings really add up. Policy Genius is an insurance marketplace built and backed by a team of industry experts. Here's how it works. Step one, head to policygenius.com. In minutes, you can work out how much coverage you need, compare quotes from the top insurers to find your best price. Step two, apply for your lowest price. Step three, the Policy Genius team will handle all the paperwork and red tape. Policy Genius works for you, not the insurance company. So if you hit any speed bumps during the process, they'll take care of everything. They even have policies which allow eligible customers to skip the in-person medical exam and do it over the phone. Can't beat that. That kind of service is earned Policy Genius a five-star rating over on over 1,600 reviews on Trustpilot and Google. So if you're looking for life insurance, head to policygenius.com right now to get started. You can save $1,500 or more a year by comparing quotes on their marketplace, policygenius.com, policygenius.com. When it comes to insurance, it's nice to get it right. All right, Joe, let's go. Ding, ding. So yeah, here's a hat tip Janice Dean from Fox News. Here's a photo of a, a tyrant in waiting, Andrew Cuomo slowly working himself into the tyrant role, Joe, day by day. You know, it takes a little while yeah. to kind of break down societal norms and, and take total monarchical, oligarchical, tyrannical type power with him and his little posse there. Here's Andrew Cuomo. Yeah, yeah, if you're, if you're listening, I'll just describe it to you here. This takes a lot of description for those listening on radio right. and audio alone. Yeah. It's Andrew Cuomo walking his dog without a mask. Of course. There we go. Hypocrites, frauds. So Cuomo's our dunce of the day. We don't actually have a dunce of the day. We just started that today. Yeah. But if there was a dunce of the day, it would be Andrew Cuomo. So there you go. The inaugural dunce of the day, Andrew Cuomo. Don't you dare wear a mask. Don't, no, excuse me. Don't you come up to New York without a mask. You know, that? you concerned. Remember, 
What are you saying? You come to New York, you conservatives, you're saying you don't support abortion? Remember that? I remember filling it at WCBM when he gave that speech telling conservatives, not kidding, that they were not welcome up in New York. I'm not that, kidding. But I'm glad This you guy's did. a total fraud. Remember that? He said, don't you dare come up to New York. What are you saying? You don't like abortion or something like this? Cuomo, complete phony. Dude, all all right. right, let's get to the meat and potatoes today. So- uh, ladies and gentlemen, these again are are not protests. These are straight up mobs. We have warned you repeatedly about this. I was on Sean Hannity's show last night, um, and it's and it's really tragic. I'm serious that the Democrats just now licked their fingers, saw where the wind was blowing, and the political winds are blowing against them. Because again, as I've discussed for months and days and nights and weeks and evenings and weekends. Uh, the Democrats are just waking up to the fact and surprised by the fact that the public doesn't want their neighborhoods burned down. Kind of obvious to normal people like Joe, Paula, and most of you out mm -hmm. there. Uh, but the Democrats are just figuring this out. Now, a focus group told them, hey, man, you better speak up. The public's not really digging their neighborhoods and businesses in flames. Uh, this is the kind of stuff we warned you about. Here is another mob uh, in Oakland last night, a violent, aggressive terrorist mob. In Oakland, California, for the liberals who don't know that, Oakland, you know, California, like DAs and stuff, um, walking through the streets chanting, you may say, come on, this is, a, this is clearly the Iranian mullahs, right? The death to America crowd. No, no, this is the mob in America on the streets chanting death to America. Not kidding. Jay, listen to this one. <laughs> Keep in mind, this isn't an isolated incident of one or two people. This is an organized chant amongst a violent, aggressive mob of terrorists walking through the street, threatening death to America. Again, not the Iranian mullahs. If they were, they'd be getting a pallet full of cash from Obama. Obama would fly the cash in with Biden. Everybody would be cash time. It'd be like making it rain. It'd be, they'd be like in the strip club, making it rain or something. Make it rain! Throwing cash everywhere. That's what they'd be doing if this was the actual Iranians. But no, it's an American street with the mob. Mostly peaceful, though. Outside of death to America and the threats to, like, burn the country to the ground. Outside of that, don't worry. It's mostly peaceful. Now you see why? Biden's support is collapsing. Wait to this poll thing. I got this story on the polls. You're, don't miss this. Loaded show today as usual. Got a lot of video today, though. I don't like to load the show too heavily with video because I like to talk. That's why it's the Dan Bongino show, not the video show. But today's important. So President Trump, who has been on the right side of right rather than the wrong side of right, like the Democrats when it comes to street violence and the mob, Yesterday had a great moment at the White House press conference. I don't know if you saw it. The absolutely hapless joke of a alleged reporter, Caitlin Collins from CNN, a total fraud in every respect. Caitlin Collins is about one thing. You know, she pretends to be a journalist. She's about Caitlin Collins. She's not about actual journalism and stuff. So she always asks the dumbest questions and watching her get annihilated in these press conferences by President Trump, I have to say, never gets old. So here's Caitlin Collins asking yesterday about um, a, a paintball thing. By the way, I don't know if she covered the death to America chant. That may have been after 
this, this, I don't know. I'm, I get lost in all the death to America, pigs in a blanket. What do we want? Dead cops chance. I'm having a hard time tracking them and putting them on a coherent chronological timeline. You know, Joe, they all get lost. Yeah. Death to America, yeah. pigs in a blanket, fry them like bacon. What do we want? Dead cops. I just, it confuses me. Yeah. There's so many. Yeah. Caitlin Collins doesn't care about that. She cares about a bunch of Trump supporters that drove through Portland. And uh, apparently they've gotten into an altercation. And there were some paintballs involved. Paintballs. She doesn't seem too worried about the actual non-paintballs. You know, the bullets oh. that killed the Trump supporter in Portland. I'm not asking about that oh. one. She wants to know about the paintballs. And of course, President Trump does what he always does, makes Caitlyn Collins look like a complete fool. Check this out. You were just criticizing Joe Biden, saying he didn't mention the far left or Antifa during his speech today. You said you wanted to talk about left-wing political violence. Yeah. But I noticed you did not mention that your supporters were also in Portland this weekend firing paintball guns at people, some form of pepper spray. So do you want to also take this chance to condemn what your supporters did? Well, I understand they had large numbers of people that were supporters, but that was a peaceful protest. And paint is not, and paint is a defensive mechanism. Paint is not bullets. Uh, Your supporters, your supporters, and they are your supporters indeed, uh, shot a young gentleman who, uh, and killed him, not with paint with a bullet and i think it's disgraceful your your supporters the caitlin collins he's right of course you know it's the media don't bring up the guy who's actually dead the trump supporter from the patriot prayer group don't bring him up now let's talk about a paintball incident this is why i i support this guy he just doesn't taking he's the he doesn't take any crap he's just the bull in the china shop which we need right now media just a bunch of clowns what a total clown show let's put some muscle on the bone today of the show though why does this matter this block is about these democrats again they're they're their so-called road to damascus moment where now all of a sudden they care about street riots and they're worried about public safety they didn't give a damn they said nothing about it as i showed on yesterday's show they've actually encouraged it for months and months and months thinking why why did they do it why did this matters why did they do it why encourage rioting and street violence because ladies and gentlemen the democrats are run right now by a radical leftist mob the mob wants to break down any objective standards you have left to institute a new subjective system. I don't want to get too wonky at this. I've talked about it a lot. But the whole idea behind the implementation of socialism and this radical far left agenda is to break down any rules and restraints on the government. Remember, laws call back the government too. The government can't arrest you for a law that doesn't exist, right? They want to implement a new subjective system where whatever the government says on any given day is in fact, air quotes, the law. The only way to do that is to cause complete, utter, utter, total street chaos, to get people so scared and frightened that they naturally seek out an alternative to what we have now. What we have now is at least some semblance of law and order outside of liberal cities. Does that make sense? They want the system, the resemblance to law and order we have now in sane places in America to become unstable so people seek alternatives. And the only way to do that is to cause such chaos that you distrust the system now. They thought that would work. What they didn't realize is when people sought out alternatives to the chaos we have now in these liberal cities, the alternative they're seeking out again is Donald Trump. 
because he is the bull in the China shop against the system. And the polls are showing that. That's why the Democrats now are like, maybe we should back off this support of street violence. Well, we're not going to let him forget. Remember this Daily Caller article? Oh, this is a gem. This is a gem. It's truly outrageous. For those of you who watched the gem cartoon back in the day. I know every theme song to every cartoon from the 80s. Thundercats, Transformers, Autobots Rage there. I know every one of them. (laughs) (laughs) My wife and I, she knows one line from the Transformers theme songs. You know that? You know what it is? Transformers. That's it. That's this is a joke in my house. I'm not kidding. Here's an article. This gem. Go to my show notes, bongino.com slash newsletter if you want to subscribe to the show notes. Of course, it's free. Print this article out. Daily Caller, Rachel, Rachel Stoltz for surf. I'm saying your name wrong, Rachel. Joe Biden starts presidential campaign by praising Antifa. Oh. Not my article. Oh. Right there in oh. the Daily Caller. You don't believe me? <laughs> Here's a screenshot from this piece. Keep this one up. Keep it up on your phone. You know, you can like scroll through the articles. I keep a bunch of them up. Daily Caller, quote, former Vice President Joe Biden endorsed Antifa in a video announcing his presidential bid on Thursday. Characterizing, excuse me, characterizing the group as, quote, courageous and saying it's wrong to draw a moral equivalence between white nationalist groups and those opposing them. Let's not let uh, creepy, creepy, sleepy. Let's not let him forget about that, huh? Has Joe Biden renounced that? Are they still courageous? The fascist Antifa overlords trying to burn down American cities. Are they still courageous, Joe? Has anyone asked him that? Has Caitlin Collins asked him that? Of course she has. Mm-hmm. Caitlin Collins is a showboat who cares only about Caitlin Collins. Cares about getting a few Twitter followers. Journalism, that's like, you know, come on, journalism? I'm Caitlin Collins from CNN. What do I care about journalism? <sighs> All right, so let me play this. Uh, let me play this clip for you here of Joe Biden finally calling out Antifa. This is a good one. He did. He finally. Uh... <laughs> I'm just kidding, Paul. There's no clip of Joe Biden calling out Antifa. This was great. I was just messing with Paula. Paula's sitting there like this. she's got the mouse. I can see her. She's like, "What do you mean? There's a clip of Joe Biden calling out?" <laughs> I mess with. <laughs> I'm sorry, I should laugh, but I just threw that in. We have like a show water. She knows, but it's not in there. <laughs> Watching her face is priceless. Yeah, play that clip of Joe Biden, please. Calling out Antifa. You got that? <laughs> she's like, mouse. She's mousing over videos like, this whole, this whole clip. This whole. I could see her. She was getting ready to panic. Oh. Of course, there is no clip of Joe Biden calling out Antifa. Just kidding. Um, it's never actually happened. This Paula just found out. But someone did tell the truth yesterday about this new effort. New effort, Joe. The brand Joe Biden is a law and order guy. Policeman Joe Biden now. Guy who praised Antifa, sat there quiet, gave generic milk toast statements about hmm. street violence. Like maybe we shouldn't kill anyone. No, no, Joe, maybe you need to specifically call out the black lives matter Antifa terrorists. I'm just saying as they're burning down American cities, he didn't do that. As we can see with the joke on Paul, there is no clip of him actually doing that, but here's um Donnie Dooch on uh, MSNBC. Here's Dooch uh, telling the truth about what this all is. Joe Biden's all of a sudden turned towards the law and order guy. We're, 
Donnie Dooch, he's really clear on this that, listen, folks, this is just a branding thing. This isn't really real. This is an actual moment of truth on MSNBC. Mark your calendars, folks. Here it is. What Joe Biden has to be vigilant about, and it's got to be both Corona and the riots and the violence. This is branded Trump. This is the Trump reality show. You are less safe today, whether it is Corona, whether it is the violence of the streets because of Donald Trump. That is the state of this race. And this is the ultimate branding exercise to reverse back and will hopefully be the demise of Donald Trump. Mark your calendars, folks. MSNBC finally tells the truth. Thanks, Donnie. Yeah, he's right. This is all a branding exercise on the left. He's not kidding. This has nothing to do with Joe Biden's allegiance or fidelity to law and order and keeping your house from burning down, keeping you from getting your butt kicked, walking out the RNC down a gauntlet of terrorist BLM supporters. It's nothing to do with any of that. This is a strict, straight up branding exercise where Donnie, where Donnie recognizes that President Trump actually has the brand law and order because it's been branded on him because he actually stood for law and order. So I was like, we got to we got to take that branding away. You can't. Joe Biden doesn't believe in any of that. As I said, when I asked Paula to play the video of Joe Biden finally calling out Antifa and BLM, which doesn't actually exist. Trump has been all over this. He gave an interview last night to Laura Ingram on Fox. It was taped, but it was a good interview. And there's something he said. I've got some inside baseball for you on this. I'm, I have to be a little cryptic here. So, but I want to play the video. I'll give you the inside baseball afterwards. Again, I don't, I'm not trying to hide information from you. I just have to be respectful of people who give me stuff. I hope you understand. But I want to play this clip about how President Trump knows what's really going on here. Ingram kind of questions him a little bit on it. And he's cryptic too about it. I'll explain more. Play this cut. I, I don't even like to mention Biden because he's not controlling anything. Who, who do you they think is pulling him. Biden's strings? Uh, is it former Obama People officials? that you've never heard of. People that are in the dark shadows, people that. Oh, what does are, that mean? That sounds like conspiracy theory. Dark shadows. No, what is people that, that you haven't heard of. They're, they're people that are on the streets. They're people that are controlling the streets. We had somebody get on a plane from a certain city this weekend. And in the plane, it was almost completely loaded with, with thugs wearing these dark uniforms, black uniforms with gear and this and that. They're, they're on a plane. Where's the where's this? I'll tell you sometime, but I, I, it's under investigation right now. But they came from a certain city, and this person was coming to the Republican National Convention. And there were like seven people on the plane like this person, and then a lot of people were on the mm -hmm. plane to do big damage. They were coming from Planning for Washington. Yeah, this was all, this is all happening. Let me break some news for you here and translate what he just said, because I've got, again, some inside baseball on it. There's a couple of clear points he makes there. That these people were flown into the RNC event, the acceptance speech President Trump gave at the White House. They were flown in. This was not organic. This was not grassroots. This was astroturf. This was fake turf, to quote the, the dreaded Nancy Pelosi when she talked about real grassroots, the Tea Party, and called it astroturf. He says they were flown in from a certain city. I'm getting the same intel. You know where that city was? Take a guess. Portland. Some of the same Portland terrorists terrorizing the city of Portland every night in Oregon, trying to burn down the courthouse. One of them who uh, just murdered a human being, a Trump supporter on the streets of Portland. 
endless attacks every single night. Fireworks. I've got video coming up, too, in a bit of the mayor, the left wing communist mayor Wheeler. Them trying to nearly burn his apartment complex down. What? He's left winger. These people are terrorists. They don't care. You can't negotiate with terrorists. What President Trump said was not a mistake. He's trying to be careful with the intel. I got the exact same intel yesterday that a number of, let's call them investigative entities, have information that people were flown in to D.C. to disrupt the RNC event from Portland. Experienced provocateurs and street terrorists. You can take that info to the bank. Who flew them in? Who paid for that? These Antifa kids don't have any money. They live in their mommy's basements, roasting s'mores and eating Hot Pockets all night. They don't have any actual money. Watching reruns of the Honeymooners at three o'clock in the morning. These, these guys don't, and women don't have any lives. Believe me, when you see them in person like we did, um, they, they, they look, some of them nearly emaciated. I want to give them like a Nutrimint or something. When I worked in, a, in this place in Queens when I was growing up, the drug, the, you know, the guys who were all into drugs, the crackheads and stuff, they'd come in at like midnight. And that's what they would buy, a Nutrimint. It was like 50 cents and it was disgusting. It was the only thing. I didn't really like it. It tasted like Cocoa Puffs milk. But that's what they would drink. They look like Nutrimint kids. Purple drinks and potato chips. Where'd they get the money? The clothes are all raggedy. Who's funding this stuff, folks? He's not making that up. There were a lot of these people that were flown in specifically to terrorize the streets of Washington, D.C. And why does Washington, D.C., under the dreadful mayorship of Muriel Bowser, not care that people were flown into her city to harass, threaten, and terrorize people walking down the streets of her city? Why does she not care? What does she know? All right, I've got more of Biden's speech yesterday because there's some policy stuff as well, not just his fake branding, to quote Donnie Dooch. Uh, Donnie's, uh, Donnie's term, his branding shift. Joe Biden, Captain Law and Order now. Yeah, okay. Before I get to that, let me get to my second sponsor today. Our show today also brought to you by friends at ZipRecruiter. Hey, hiring is a challenge, especially with everything else you have to consider today. But there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. A place where businesses can connect to qualified candidates. That uh, candidates. That place is ZipRecruiter. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bongino. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job sites, but they don't stop there. They have powerful machine matching technology. Don't waste any more time. Use ZipRecruiter. They scan thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. ZipRecruiter makes hiring efficient and effective with features like screening questions to filter candidates and an all-in-one dashboard where you can review and rate your candidates. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate within the first day. Can't beat that. And right now, to try ZipRecruiter for free, my listeners can go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bongino, ZipRecruiter.com slash Bongino. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Don't wait. All right, so there was more in Biden's disastrous speech yesterday where he's trying to do the conversion from Antifa supporting Joe. Antifa, they're courageous yeah. to now um, not saying anything in, mm -hmm. in Antifa, but quietly hinting that he's the law and order guy. There was actual policy stuff, and the policy stuff was a complete absurdity. 
So without further ado, let me get to what Joe Biden actually did say yesterday of substance. And he brought up an important issue. Energy, you know, energy that powers our company and fracking, the hydrofracking revolution. Yeah. We've had to, to frack uh, and, and, and get basically tight oil out of rock. Mm-hmm. Where we've become one of the world's leading producer of oil now due to fracking and the revolution in fracking. Well, you know, Biden, who was taken over by the Green New Deal radical leftists like AOC and Bernie Sanders, has repeatedly said he's going to ban fracking. Oh, don't worry. I have the video evidence coming up. But here's him yesterday strangely claiming that Trump's lying about Biden wanting to ban fracking when Biden has said he's wanted to ban fracking. Check this out. A hot button issue in the Keystone state, fracking. Biden addressed political ads aimed at chipping away his support. I am not banning fracking, no matter how many times Donald Trump lies about me. But Biden does support ending uh, permits for new fracking. Of course, I always screw up Polish. I had to go out of order there with Biden. I'm very sorry. You may have even heard that on the audio. I'm like, I'll have to go back to it because I meant it's a really good video. Yeah. (laughs) But that's, yeah, I know. But that's, this is me. This is why we love this show. There's no word anything. It's ever in my melon for the day. So that's Biden. Donald Trump is lying. I don't want to ban fracking. Well, maybe we should show we should have a Biden Biden debate. I did this once filling in for Hannity on the radio when I did an Obama Obama debate uh-huh. where yeah, I showed Obama that. debating himself. And remember that mm-hmm. where he took the opposite position on issues. Well, here's Biden. Trump's lying. I don't want to uh, ban fracking. Here's Biden debating Biden. Here's a montage hat tip Americans for tax reform ATR who put together a montage of Biden swearing to people that he's going to ban fracking, showing that Joe. Biden's a fracking liar. I said fracking, oh, fracking, come on, FCC man. people, fracking. <laughs> yeah, I was a terrible joke. It was fracking. Just to be clear, so we're not banned from terrestrial radio stations altogether. Check this out. No more, no new fracking. We, we are, we are going to get rid of fossil fuels. Well, like, what about say stopping fracking and stopping? Yeah. Would there be any place for fossil fuels, including coal and fracking, in a Biden administration? No, it would be, we, would, we would work it out. We would make sure it's eliminated. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, we're going to end fossil fuel, and I am not going to cooperate. No ability for the oil industry to continue to drill, period. Ends. Number one. Three consecutive American presidents have enjoyed stints of explosive economic growth due to a boom in oil and natural gas production. As president... Would you be willing to sacrifice some of that growth, even knowing potentially that it could displace thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of blue-collar workers in the interest of transitioning to that greener economy? The answer is yes. The answer is yes. No more, no new fracking. He can't seem to tell the fracking truth. (laughs) The truth about fracking. Maybe we should change the order of the words around there. It's not one, by the way. That's a montage for those of you watching on YouTube. That's a montage of various Biden appearances where he alternates from, yes, I will ban it, to I guarantee it, to various categorical denials that he's going to expand fracking. Yet again, it's Donald Trump lying about Joe Biden's commitment to end fracking. No, it's Joe Biden lying about Joe Biden's own commitment to end fracking. 
Here's a video I was going to play first. I, I Sometimes I write notes that even I confuse myself. I write like a doctor. I wish I thought like one. Biden did say something yesterday um, in the middle of his speech. And, and listen, again, I don't mean to make light of this stuff. But the guy's running to be president of the United States. And it's only fair to ask if he has the cognitive capacity to get through a workday without setting off a nuclear war, right? In other words, he's making the neural connections and his brain is working okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Biden was on the teleprompter yesterday where all you have to do is read. You ever see a teleprompter? There's two things on each side and there's usually one big one straight ahead. All he has to do is read through it. Someone else scrolls. He doesn't have to touch anything. He doesn't even scroll it himself like you would in a computer screen reading a book. He's reading from a teleprompter and he still got lost in the middle of the speech. Reading from a teleprompter from a speech he's probably practiced and he still gets lost. Play this video, and then I'm going to have to give you, uh, courtesy of Jordan Schachtel on, on Twitter, an actual translation of what, because I don't know what he's even talking about here. Here's Biden on a teleprompter. Check this out. COVID has taken this year, just since the outbreak, has taken more than 100 years. Look, here's the lives. It's just, it's a, when you think about it, more lives this year than any other year for the past 100 years. Ah, man. Can we get the translation up of that, please? What What is he? People who've died now haven't died before? What is he saying? People who've died now are the ones who haven't died yet or people who died before are not dying again. I don't understand what he's trying to say here. Put up a Jordan's tweet so I can read this because I, no one really understood what... This is on a teleprompter. It's on a teleprompter. Jordan Schachtel, full quote verbatim. Quote, COVID is taken this year just since the outbreak, has taken more than 100 years. Look, here's the lives. It's just, it's a mean, think about it. More lives this year than any other year for the past 100 years. Ooh, daddy. Uh, Listen, I'm going to have the language experts, the syntax, context, poets, writers, authors. You can sift through that and try to determine what exactly... That means that was on a teleprompter, by the way, which he was reading off a prompter. Again, fair to ask basic questions. When Joe Biden speaks on the prompter, he lies. He has pledged to eliminate fracking multiple times, wiping out hundreds of thousands, if not millions of six figure jobs in many cases in this country, wiping out entire states, economies, Pennsylvania, Ohio, that whole Marcellus play areas of Texas destroying the country's energy economy. He's pledged on tape. And when he does talk on the prompter outside of the issues and he tries to go kind of impromptu and extemporaneous, you get things like whatever that was, because I don't really know what that was. All right, moving on from Biden. There was more information yesterday. A lot of stories. Yesterday was a heavy news day. Tuesday's always weird because Monday's packed because you're covering all the weekend. Tuesday, you feel like, you know, you covered everything on Monday, but yesterday was a huge news day. Plus, you got the news dumps on Friday. You got to yeah. cover on Monday. This happened yesterday with Mike Flynn. This case is just an embarrassment. And and really, anytime Chief Justice John Roberts says again that, you know, we don't have Obama judges or Trump judges. We have judges that abide by the law. He just should be laughed at, okay? Because the Mike Flynn case 
is just a cosmic level intergalactic embarrassment at this point. For those of you who missed it, Mike Flynn was accused of lying by the FBI about sanctions he was never asked about, even though the FBI said he didn't lie. There's been a number of cases of malfeasance in this case. The Department of Justice is now trying to drop the case. The judge will not let the Department of Justice drop the case. Judge Emmett Sullivan, who's not really a judge at all. Greg Jarrett has a great piece, a great piece in Fox News, excuse me, up in the show notes today. In Flynn case, D.C. District Court plays a silly game of legal dodgeball. Folks, here's what happened. Mike Flynn's excellent attorney, Sidney Powell, because the Department of Justice has tried to drop the case. They are the prosecution. The judge is the judge. These are separate branches of government. The prosecutors, there's no prosecutor in this case. The Department of Justice does not want to prosecute the case against Flynn anymore because they don't believe he lied and they believe he was set up, which he was. The judge will not let him drop it. So Sidney Powell filed this writ of mandamus demanding that the judge drop the case. It worked in the appeals court. Then the full appeals court heard it on because the judge won't let it go. And now the full appeals court is remanding it back to the judge. Here's what really happened. Here's a screenshot from the piece yesterday. The 10 member DC uh, circuit court actually said to Flynn in simplistic terms, I'll explain this in a second. Don't worry. You came to us too soon. So come back later. If the trial judge doesn't dismiss the charge against you, this is from Greg Jarrett's piece. Importantly, the circuit court did not say that the case against Flynn should not be dismissed. I don't want to wrangle you in a lot of legal mumbo jumbo. The bottom line is this. The Department of Justice has figured out Mike Flynn's gotten railroaded huge, big time. He did not lie about sanctions because he wasn't asked about it. This was clearly a case that had no um, no reason to be opened or investigated at all. There was no predicate to investigate Mike Flynn. They were trying to close the case. The judge hates Mike Flynn, has been openly biased against him in court, Judge Emmett Sullivan. He, the judge will not let the prosecution drop the case. They took it to an appeals court and asked the appeals court, make the judge drop the case. Flynn's team said that. They said, yes, drop the case. Judge Emmett Sullivan then appealed that to the larger appeals court, an in-bank hearing, where they said yesterday, throw that out. The case basically goes on against Flynn. And they said it because this is, I want to make sure this point is clear so you understand the legal distinction. Judge Emmett Sullivan has not yet refused legally to accept the plea. So the court basically screwed over Flynn and said, until he refuses to accept the, the throwing out of the plea and the, uh, the dismissal of the case, you have to come back to us later. Ladies and gentlemen, what's really going on here? Judge Emmett Sullivan, clearly an Obama judge. I mean, is that even, this guy's not a real judge. He's a politician in a robe at this point is clearly an activist and is hoping to do what? To drag the Flynn case out till after the election. Hopefully after the election, Joe Biden appoints a new attorney general. Immediately, they then relitigate the case against Mike Flynn. That's all Emmett Sullivan's. The guy's a joke. He's not a real judge. It's an embarrassment. And the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals and Bonk, the larger court, Instead of telling Sullivan, throw this thing out, the DOJ is not prosecuting, now said, well, Flynn, we're going to delay this a little longer. And if he doesn't demand it's thrown out the judge later and actually signs it, then you can come back to us. Disgraceful. Don't ever forget, ladies and gentlemen, the old adage. Justice delayed is justice denied. Why do people say that? 
Why is it an old adage? Because it's true. If you have your local police department, which charges you with a crime you didn't commit and drags it out intentionally in a legal process that takes you years, denying you quick justice, you have to pay legal fees, you have to deal with the life stress, you have to deal with the potential of losing your job, the negative public relations from it, if you're a public figure. This is what they're doing. Yep. Denying justice to General Mike Flynn. It's one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen, and Judge Emmett Sullivan is an embarrassment. And the next time Judge uh, Chief Justice John Roberts in the Supreme Court of the United States, Chief Justice of the United States, to be proper, says, oh, there are no Obama judges. I want you to roundly laugh in his face. But yeah, what about Emmett Sullivan? Full-time activist on the bench. Disgrace. All right. Back to this street chaos. You know, what did I warn you about a long time ago with these leftist revolutionary movements? When you look back at movements like the French Revolution, these purity movements, you better be pure. If you're not pure enough to be with us, we're going to subject you to cancel culture. Purity movements always have a problem that there's an endless search for new victims. Because it's by portraying people as victims that these leftist revolutionary movements get people to deny what's happening right in front of them. Ah, don't miss what I'm saying here. The United States is the most prosperous, freedom-loving country in the history of humankind. We've got our flaws, no doubt, but we are a liberty-loving country. Most of this country is, is populated, thankful, thank the Lord, I'm not using his name in vain, with freedom-loving patriots who look and say, you know what, for all our flaws, this is the greatest place in the history of humankind to ever look. Not just now, ever, ever. There has never been a finer place or a finer time to have been born than in the United States right now. They can't have the obvious. They need to blind you. So as I said in the opening of the segment, the left wants to create such chaos in the streets through their, their shock troops BLM and Antifa, that you start to question that. Gosh, this place and capitalism and freedom and liberty, the Constitutional Republic, this place I love that so many people have shed blood and died for. People have come home in body bags and coffins protecting everything that makes this country great. That doesn't look so good anymore. I got a bunch of rioters burning my neighborhood down. Maybe I'll try something different like Bernie Sanders, Joe Biden type socialism. Well, the problem with leftist movements like that is nobody's ever pure enough. Because eventually people start to wake up like people are now and say, well, you're burning down my house. I'm not really for that. I think I'm going to go back to the old system, you know, like law and order and stuff. So you have to search for new recruits and new shock troops. So eventually nobody's pure enough. Right? Nobody's pure enough because in order to search for new victims, you have to create new victimizers. The old victimizers aren't good anymore. In other words, the old, hey, the Republicans hate you, they're racist, and you've heard all the homophobic, transphobic, you've heard all the nonsense, right? The istophobic, phobophobic stuff. Eventually that argument gets old and people stop believing it. So they have to search for new victimizers. No one's ever pure enough. No one's safe from a leftist revolution. As I say all the time, famous last words in the French Revolution when your head was under the guillotine. I'm on your side. Mm. They don't have a side. 
not in a purity revolution. There's power in intimidating people. Communist mayor of Portland, Ted Wheeler. Portland, Oregon, for leftists, for liberals listening. Is figuring out the hard way that siding with the left in a purity purity revolution never, ever works out. Here's video uh, taken, was this last night, in Ted Wheeler's apartment, outside of his apartment, where the rage mob, the terrorists, are out in front of his house setting off commercial-grade fireworks as people in the apartment complex are trying to sleep. Check this out. You hear that? You see that? See that, Ted? Don't ever forget the French Revolution. Like I said, as I, I, I don't ever forget, as your head was under the guillotine in the French Revolution, a leather leftist revolution, the famous last words, but I'm on your side too. They don't have a side. Their power is through intimidation and violence and searching out endlessly for new victims and victimizers. And when they run out of old victimizers, they eventually come for you. No, he's not pure either, Wheeler. He's a communist. Reminded me of this H.L. Mencken quote, by the way, for the citizens of Portland. Don't ever forget this one. Democracy is the theory that the common people know what they want and deserve to get it good and hard. H.L. Mencken. It's what you want in Portland. It's what you voted for in Seattle. It's what you want in Oakland and New York City. I sympathize with the good people there who are suffering. But sooner or later, the people searching for endless victims and victimizers are going to get the democracy they want. And they're going to get it both good and hard. Sucks for them. I mean that. It's not a joke. It's not me being sarcastic. I really feel for you. But I don't know any other way to slow down the slow rolling disaster. This slow motion car wreck you're seeing than to make people feel in live time the ramifications of their own poor electoral choices. The people you're voting in the office hate you. They can't stand you. Your liberty, your property, your freedom, nothing else. And Ted Wheeler's going to find that out the hard way. All right, now let me get to my last sponsor. And I want, I, this is really important, this poll story. Rasmussen this morning has a, just an incredible story about how shockingly, and now I am being sarcastic, the media seems to have forgotten about these polls that have gone on in the last week after the RNC. Trump gets a bounce. Nobody wants to talk about it. It's just amazing how that happens. Our last sponsor today, my friends, at My Patriot Supply. Are you ready for what's next? It's likely coming. Sadly, more food shortages, power outages, grocery stores closed, and some social unrest. Gosh, I hope not. But are you ready for it? You have enough food and supplies on hand to at least uh, to, to last at least 30 days. I do. We just got to we just got a new load, <laughs> a new load of my Patriot supply this week. Paul is like more. I'm like, yes, I'm not preparing for 30 days. I'm preparing for 120 days minimum. Here's the harsh reality. Most Americans aren't prepared. You ensure everything in your lives that matter, but a lot of people don't ensure their food supply. That's crazy. Avoid the panic masses in a last minute rush. Order your four week supply of emergency food today from mypatriotsupply.com. Starvation or dependency on the government are your only options when you fail to plan ahead. And we know how government will fail you in your time of need, sadly. Avoid the pain of being unprepared. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com right now. 
Build your emergency food supply with meals that last up to 25 years in storage. Ship discreetly to your door. It came to my door last week. I paid for them, by the way. I'm sure we could get freebies for my Patriot Supply, but I pay for them because I want to be prepared. I got a family to take care of. Folks that know what's coming are using today to prepare. There's still time for you to do the same. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com, the original Patriot Preparedness Company. That's MyPatriotSupply.com and ensure your food supply today. All right. So, folks, there's a couple of trends here. There's an interesting article in John Solomon's excellent new news site, JustTheNews.com by Cheryl Atkinson. There's four trends working in the president's direction. I'm going to go into a few of them here just briefly. And then I want to talk about this article. There's by Twitter, grab your popcorn. Grab your popcorn for this one because the media does not want to tell you what's really going on. Here's your article. Be up in the show notes today. Four little notice trends that suggest Trump could have an edge in November. You haven't heard that, right? Biden's going to win in a landslide. Five million electoral votes. He's going to win the whole popular vote. Trump's not going to get any popular votes anywhere outside of California. Uh, excuse me, uh, outside of Wyoming. Is that really what's going on? Again, I'm out of the predictions business here, but is that really what the data is showing? There's four of them. I'm going to cover three. The first one she mentions is betting odds, but mm. betting odds are closing in. When people are risking their own money, betting their own money on an election, interesting how the odds are closing in that Trump is closing the gap on mm. Trump. When it's people's money involved, all of a sudden their perception of the polls changes. Weird how that happens. But here's the second one. President Trump's actually ahead of where he was with Hillary Clinton in 2016. You know, 2016, where he won. And he was, quote, down in the polls, too. Here's a quote from the piece. The concern from the Biden camp comes with a comparison to 2016. Although Trump's on the losing end right now, his position is actually slightly ahead of where he was in the battleground states in 2016. Explained another way, Hillary Clinton was beating Trump more in the battleground states in 2016 than Joe Biden is now. And we know Trump actually won in 2016. So does the current trend imply an even larger Trump win? Ladies and gentlemen, outside of places like just the news, Solomon's site, where are you hearing this story? Anywhere? So the betting odds are closing in. Trump is ahead of where he was in 2016 in swing states. What about his total approval? You probably heard in the media, his approval rating, it's in the can, it's so terrible. Is it really? From the just the news piece. Judging by the news coverage, it'd be easy to conclude that Trump is one of the most unpopular presidents of all time. However, Rasmussen reports, the only polling organization that publishes Trump's job approval ratings on a daily basis, finds the 45th president's not nearly as unpopular as it may seem. His total approval among likely voters frequently bests that of Obama. Is that can't, can't possibly be right. At the same point in his presidency. Weird how you're not hearing about that. All of the high marks since April of 2018 have been set by Trump compared to Obama. In September of 2019, Trump's total approval hit 53% compared to Obama's 44% in September of 2011. You heard that story anywhere? No, no, you didn't. You're shaking your head in your car, right? You missed that one too, right? Well, no, you didn't miss it. The media missed it. Here's the last one. So again, betting odds ahead of where he was in 2016, favorability numbers going up, tracking far ahead of where Obama was in 2011 for his reelect. What about favorability ratings? Quote, for the past year, Biden has, without exception, bested Trump in favorability ratings. All right. Right now, Biden is significantly ahead of a Trump, uh, Trump by 13 points. 
The concern for the Biden team comes with a comparison to 2016, when Clinton was, likewise, ahead of Trump every single day, but often by a bigger margin. And Trump won in the end. Real Clear Politics tracking shows Trump has spent most of the past year in a better position than he was in 2016. So if the polls were off in 2016 and President Trump won in an electoral college landslide, if Trump is ahead of where he was in 2016, where he won in an electoral college landslide, on favorability, swing state polls, approval rating, you would think the media would want to report that story and report the red flags for the Biden campaign. <laughs> no such luck because they want to keep the momentum going. Joe Biden, nobody cares about Biden. Did you see the crowd yesterday? I'm using the term crowd loosely. Out there outside of Joe Biden's speech, where remember where he said that thing about with the COVID thing where we don't, no one can translate <laughs> what he was even talking about. Remember outside of that speech? Yeah, there was, uh, I, I think, you know, I had a dock repair to my house. There were more people working on my dock than were in the crowd outside of Joe Biden's speech yesterday. The passion, the Joe Mentum, Joe. Oh, yeah. Joe Man Come on, man. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I got that. Come on, man. That's Biden's line. That's a good one. You didn't think I caught that, did you? Come on, man. Well, here's the Joe Mentum, or the lack thereof. Interesting tweet by... An account called Grab Your Popcorn. Oh, <laughs> grab it. He's at Furious the Guy. This is fascinating. From August 1st to August 15th, there were 16 polls that came out. From August 16th to August 31st, you know when the RNC happened? Yeah. The really good event that gave Trump a big bump? There have been only eight, and none covering a later date than the 25th. There's even a little chart of the polls. I'm looking. Joe, do you see any after the 25th? 825, 825, 818, 814, 815, 812, 815. Tweet here in a second by the a guy with uh, quoting the Trafalgar Group, which nailed portions of the 2016 election with their surveys and polls. But weird how the media seems to have abandoned any concern about the polls after the bump in the uh, from the RNC. Strange how that yeah, happens. Man. Weird. Here's that tweet I told you about by a guy citing the Trafalgar Group, Robert Kahali. He says, our new Trafalgar group, by the way, which nailed portions of the 2016 election, their new survey, their new poll from August 26th to August 28th shows a comfortable Trump lead. Really? 51.9% for Trump, 41% for Biden, 2% for Jorgensen, and 1.2% for other party candidates. You hadn't heard about that, have you? No. Of course you haven't, because it shows that the momentum may be slow momentum or no momentum at all, and that President Trump may be running ahead of him. Listen, again, I'm out of the predictions business. Things could change. The debates could go well. They could go terribly. I don't know. Knock on wood, they go well for the president. I'm obviously a supporter. But it's, if you're not watching this show, you really believe President Trump is so far behind. This race is totally unwinnable. 
Not even true. He's far ahead of where he was in 2016. And polling outlets, Trafalgar, Rasmussen, and others that nailed it, Rasmussen's only showing him behind one point. Trafalgar's showing him ahead. Didn't hear that in the mainstream media, did you? All right, I was going to get to this story yesterday. It's an important one. Listen, this is a little wonky. Let me just put that out in advance. It's a Spygate story, but please, it's really, really worth your time. I'm going to take a few minutes. It's a story by Andy McCarthy in National Review, and it's about the total scam that's become this FBI lawyer, Kevin Kleinsmith, who has pled guilty to doctoring a piece of evidence in order to spy on uh, Carter Page. The total scam that his plea was. Before we get to the piece, let me just give you quick background. Folks, this is a huge story. McCarthy, who is a former federal prosecutor and a brilliant guy, very sober analyst of this whole Spygate case, has a great book out on it, too. He points out this total scam. And I bring this up in light of what happened to Mike Flynn. I'm actually glad we delayed the story from yesterday. Because in the Mike Flynn case, General Flynn, where he pleads guilty to save his son to a crime he didn't commit, lying about sanctions he was never even asked about. We have the transcript of the interview where he's alleged to lie. He's not even asked about what they said he lied about. We know it was a witch hunt. He pulls his plea. The government won't let him. And yet the government in this case showing you how justice is dead, it's totally dead. Justice is blind only to Democrats. Doesn't see anything Democrats do. You have this lawyer, the Viva La Resistance lawyer in the FBI, Viva la resistance. FBI lawyer involved in the spying operation on Trump. They let him plead. He was, this guy was dead to rights. Here's what he did. They wanted to spy on Carter Page for contact with Russians. The contact with the Russians, Carter Page, who had worked for the Trump campaign. They wanted to spy on him, the FBI, because they wanted to spy on the Trump campaign using Page. They were claiming his contacts with Russians were nefarious. We got to look into that. They were not. Page was working with the CIA. That's why he was contacting Russians. The FBI couldn't tell the court that. So Kleinsmith doctored a document showing that Kleinsmith, excuse me, that Carter Page was not a source for the CIA when he was. The case is no more complicated than that. Joe, does that make sense? Easy, easy peasy. Easy peasy, right? Now, here's where this case is really shocking. Kleinsmith has pled guilty to doctoring this piece of evidence. The CIA was like, hey, he's a source for us, Carter uh, Carter Page. Kleinsmith emailed this FBI agent. No, no, he was not a source. Really simple, right? In the plea, Kleinsmith, the judge amazingly lets him plead guilty, but says, I didn't really mean to dis- mislead anyone. Wait, what? What? Are you on uh, illegal narcotics? You didn't mean to mislead it? And the judge let him plead. McCarthy's piece up in the show notes say it's a three-part series. I put part two in, but the links are in part two to one and three if you want to read the whole series. Part two really explains it, though. This is the scam the judge let this guy get away with. So why does this matter? Because now leftists are saying the FBI lawyer, he didn't really mean to deceive anyone. It was an administrative mistake. He pled guilty to doctoring a piece of evidence. And it wasn't a mistake. Check out this piece without further ado here, because it's good. Andy McCarthy, National Review, Klein Smith guilty plea using a digraph to conceal a massive deception of the court. What did they do here? So Klein Smith doctor's evidence says Carter Page is not a source for the CIA. Page is a source for the CIA. The CIA told him 
Page was a source for us. How did Kleinsmith get away with telling the court, oh, I was confused. I was confused? Let's go to uh, screenshot number one from McCarthy's piece. This is the snake operation these guys ran. When you counter, when you encounter the digraph, the digraph, ladies and gentlemen, is a two-letter designation for a source for the CIA. The CIA emailed Kleinsmith and said he's a whatever, CI, confidential informant, whatever the digraph was. They don't say what it is here. So when you encounter the digraph, then understand that's a CIA term defined as an American who's authorized by the CIA to have contact with foreigners and who wittingly reports the resulting intel back to the CIA. I'll translate. Don't worry. To understand the game Kleinsmith is playing, this is McCarthy's words, it's vital to remember this definition of digraph, that it's a witting source, folks. The key to Kleinsmith's defense is to feign confusion about the term's meaning conflating it, as we shall see, with non-voluntary sources who unwittingly give information to the CIA. You're like, I'm totally confused. Don't be. The CIA tells us FBI lawyer, Carter Page was a source. We designated him as a digraph, a two-letter CI, whatever it was, confidential info, whatever. Let's just say CI for the sake of this, uh, this segment right mm-hmm. here. Kleinsmith is now saying, I didn't know what CI meant. You track him? Yeah. Joe, we clear? Uh-huh. Yeah. He's saying, I didn't know what it meant. What? I, I, I didn't know that, it, that Carter Page being a CI meant he was a source for the FBI. I wasn't sure. Therefore, that's why I sent the email to the FBI agent, because he's an FBI lawyer client, but saying, no, no, Page wasn't a source. Well, you'd say, okay, well, that sounds maybe reasonable if you're an objective analyst of this. Joe, maybe he mm. was confused. He thought, maybe he thought... um you know, uh, CI meant uh, meant something else. Yeah. Maybe he thought it meant like Chevron investor for someone who buys like Chevron stock or something, right? You know, maybe he's just stupid. See, that would be, if you were an objective analyst, a maybe semi-reasonable approach if the CIA hadn't offered to clear it up. <laughs> no way they did that, right? <laughs> Now you see the scam. This guy actually pled in court. No, no, I was confused. I didn't really mean to do this. Let's go to screenshot number two, where the CIA offers to clear the whole thing up for them. He says, hey, the CIA liaison's email in response to Kleinsmith is not a model of clarity. It is clear enough for us to grasp that Kleinsmith, though, is now lying, but not so clear that Kleinsmith would think it futile to kick some dust in our eyes. The liaison wrote that the CIA uses, here's a quote, here's what the CIA tells them. They use the digraph to show that the encrypted individual is a U.S. person providing reporting to us. My recollection, again, this is the CIA uh, agent here or employee. My recollection is that Page was or is a CI, but the documents provided previously by the CIA will explain the details. Here's where it gets interesting. Here's the CIA employee's email. If you need a formal definition for the FISA, please let me know and I'll work up some language and get it it cleared for use. She's offering to unconfuse you. By the way, Kleinsmith was not confused about what the digraph meant, whatever it was, CI or CS or whatever they use. He was not confused. He just doesn't want to give people who uncovered the Spygate plot, him and his lawyer, Kleinsmith and his lawyer, a win by acknowledging that the FBI spied on Trump by doctoring evidence. So what is he saying? I doctored it, but I was confused. And the judge is like, okay. 
The CIA just offered to unconfuse him. I will unconfuse you. It was a female CIA employee. So clearly, Joe Kleinsmith took her up on the offer, right? Yeah. He was confused. Yeah, was the guy a source for the, for the CIA or not, Carter Page? Well, let's go back to screenshot number three from the Andy McCarthy piece, where the offer to unconfuse Kleinsmith is turned down. Apparently flustered. Well, why is Kleinsmith flustered, by the way? Because he doesn't want to hear Carter Page was a source for the CIA. Mm. They want to make you believe his contact with Russians because he's a spy for Trump. So flustered, Kleinsmith said he couldn't be sure, but thought it might have come from a phone conversation with the liaison, conveniently unrecorded, of course. In other words, Kleinsmith, let me get to the beginning of this. Kleinsmith was asked during the IG investigation, hey, did you bother to call and clear that up? He says, oh, I can't be sure. Uh, but I think I spoke with her, the CIA liaison. Really? Peace goes on. Yet the CIA liaison did not recall having any phone conversation with Kleinsmith. Nor is there any reason to believe there was any conversation. The email exchange shows that. Although the liaison offered to discuss the matter further, Kleinsmith demurred. Having calculated that he could sow confusion about the digraph by exploiting the liaison's use of the word encrypt. Most significantly, according to the investigators, the liaison says she never told Kleinsmith that Page was an unwitting source. Indeed, she maintained that her email stated just the opposite. So again, General Mike Flynn, under a political prosecution by a corrupted judge acting as a politician in a black robe, still being prosecuted for a case about lying about sanctions he was never asked about. We now have the record. It's a totally fake case. He's not allowed to withdraw his plea, even though it's obvious this is a witch hunt. Mm. But Kevin Kleinsmith, FBI lawyer, who pleads guilty to doctoring evidence, gets to put in a plea and say, no, no, I was just confused after the CIA offers to unconfuse him and he turns down the unconfusing offer to remain confused intentionally. God forbid he has to admit he actually did something wrong. What a disgrace. All right, folks, appreciate you tuning in. Sorry about the mix-up on the five. That's actually today. It's a long story. Dates, times. <laughs> Sometimes as they say, I will be on the five today if you'd like to tune in five o'clock on the Fox News channel. I appreciate it. if you subscribe to my show, youtube.com slash Bongino, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts, the subscriptions are always free. They help us move up the charts. Thanks for tuning in. See you tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino.